It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Always great to have you with us on the show. Lots coming up. It's always packed on Fridays. Packed every day, but Friday in particular because, of course, we bring you our comedy every Friday. We have a cracker for you today from Jen Brister. We have our TV theme competition. Oh, it's a classic today. I hope you get it. Anyway, nice prize to give away. Sport with David Sheehan. We're in the garden with Nikki Kyle. And slippers are back. Big time. I have an pair to be named. Never have nor never will but they are the fashion item of the moment and we're going to be talking to Lisa Smith M&S fashion advisor on the show in a wee while if you want to get in touch with us this Friday afternoon don't forget the usual numbers 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text and you'll need those numbers later on of course for the competition my first guest today bears out the axiom it's never too late in life yes he's uh, been big time involved in the music business and now would you believe he is a qualified barrister and that didn't happen when he was a young fella either. He's going to tell us his story. Welcome to the show, Darren Lawler. Hiya, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. I'm delighted to have you with us on Late Lunch this afternoon. Tell me about the music, you and Aslan. You were obviously into music from a young fella. What was your scene? Who was your music? It was my music. I, I was kind of into everything. I grew up in the house with the 60s and 70s playing mum and dad playing the 60s and 70s, and I was always fascinated at music. But the Aslan thing kind of, get, kind of came about by, by accident. Um, I used to train with a friend of mine in the gym. He was in a band. I kind of got to work with the band. They broke up, and the singer and the piano player decided to do something different. So they went supporting Aslan, and I got to know Aslan, and then they offered me a job as the roadie and production manager, and I hadn't a clue what that meant. Hmm. But I very quickly learned under hmm. their, their watchful eye. And it just began from there, as simple as that, you know. And and to, to, to let listeners know, you didn't stay long-term at school either. You, you left when you were 14. Had you any exams or anything under your belt at that stage? I had nothing, Jerry. I left school around the age of 14. I had no intercert, leaving cert. There were the exams at the time. Group cert, I had nothing. And I, I had left school. I, I was very lucky that I had little part-time jobs and um, I was working away and I had just left school. I had no issues. and I just left school early. Eventually, I got working in Presco at the age of, I think it was before my 18th birthday. And my kind of proper working life started from there. And then slowly, I kept a job with Presco and moved into working with Aslan. But I had no education. I had nothing. 
And and when you mentioned Presco, was that your day job while you could keep the Aslan thing going as well, or did you leave that to go full time at Aslan? No, well, I Aslan would gig mainly at night time, yes. and I would work in Presco, and I would keep the Aslan thing going at the same time yeah. because I, I I always felt you know because I had no education, I was working in Presco as a labourer, as a machine operative, and I always felt that I just needed something behind me in, in case I fell mm. and you know, later on in life I did fall. Well, you know, that's a good thing and good advice for anybody to, you know, a bird in the hand or two in the bush, as they say. But, you know, when you're at something else on the side, it's good to have that uh, steady income which you have with the job. When you say you fell, what do you mean you fell? Well, when I fell, there's there's many people in this world, Jerry, who are born into a world full of everything. But they feel that there's nothing in it for them. And the older I got, and the more I was working with, let's say, with bands or, you know, moving into different areas, I realized that I had nothing to fall back on. I had no education, you know. All I had was memories of good times and famous people I met in photographs and maybe discs on the wall. But I had no education. Hmm. And as you go on later on in life, for me anyway, it was something that just came knocking on the door of my consciousness to say, you know, we need to do something about this. But I thought it was too late. I, I, I thought it was too late to go back to school. And um, that's where I, I, I felt I, I had fell until when I had finished with Aslan, I had put a, a taxi on the road. Mm. I, I did a few gigs with George Murphy and the Dubliners and Mickey Hart and so on and so forth. And But my passion was with Aslan. And so I put a taxi on the road and I was driving down through from Condra one night, picked up three people, one passenger sat in the front, two sat in the back and the passenger who was in the front was Fiona Gray and we had a chat in the car and she wanted guitar lessons and I gave her my number and so on, one thing led to another and we became friends and then we got into a relationship and around 2009 uh, she said to me, would I not go back to school and study law or medicine and Jerry, I thought she was mad, <laughs> you know I was nearly, I'm 50 now and I think at the time I was 38 and, you know, we had no children at the time. And I remember ringing my friend Stephen and I said, oh, she's telling me what to do already. You know, she wants me to go back to school. Oh, go back to school would be great. But she wants me to do law. Oh, you'd be great doing law. And I just thought it was the law. You might as well like, just pick me up now and stick me on the stage with Westlife. You know, it was the same equivalence. Mm. Um, but I took her advice and I took her enthusiasm and I went into DBS and the journey began from there. It's as very simple as that, you know. I can see the movie already. I see it. I, I see the movie of this life story. What a love story. What a meeting. What a by chance get together with the woman who guided you into this wonderful career that you have now and in you went to DBS having left school at 14 was that challenging you know to actually make that step it was incredible I remember going to DBS the day for the kind of the uh, it's like an, well first I had to go up to meet DBS and see would they accept me in mm. because I had no education and they did you know they said look you know this is what's going to cost you come in for the first year and we'll see how it goes and anything we need to fix or correct, we'll do it then. And the support was great. So I had to do a three-year law degree and I had to go in at night time. I was driving my taxi during the day and sometimes at night time 
and I had to go into DBS. And effectively, I could read and I could write, but I had to kind of learn to read properly again. Because when I would read something, I would think everything was important on the page because it was there. And in DBS, it taught me that skill to pick out, you know, what is important and what's mm. relevant. Uh, but it was a challenge. Uh, I would drive around. I, at night time, I'd record my notes from DBS into my phone and then drive around the streets of Dublin with my notes playing over the loudspeaker in the car, obviously when nobody was in the car. And that's how I had to learn. And uh, so it was a challenge, but it was the best adventure I, I've ever been, you know, helped into because it was something I would never have thought or dreamt of doing um, at any stage of my life, particularly when I was 38. Mm-hmm. And... You qualified. You you did your three years and through it you went. Was it? How did you find it? Because you had a lot of life education, may I say, and you had been in the workplace, etc. And you picked it up and away you went. Was it challenging? It was challenging for me. Like I, I was in a, a college where people who worked for the Department of Justice, people yes. who were guards, yeah, and people who worked in the passport office. I'm not saying I got treated any different by the college or mm. treated any different by the students. But I felt I had a lot of catching up to do. Um, you know, I was, at that time, a, a taxi driver. You know, not, I loved driving my taxi. But I was kind of moving forward, but at the same time stepping back in time, mm. trying to catch up on where I was in life. And it, it was an incredible challenge. What made it easier for me was I had met a guard in Dublin Business School called Fergal McSharry. And when we were in our second year, I think it was, he said, come on, and we become barristers when we finish here in year three. And I was like, <laughs> I went home and he says to Fiona, third wants to become a barrister. <laughs> and I said, he's, he's mad. Oh, that's a great idea, she says. We, we, we'll, we'll prep you for that. And it was kind of the next thing. So I was on one high-speed train in one way, and then suddenly I had to jump on another one going the opposite way. And um, But it was a challenge, and it was fun. It was scary, but it was worth every second. Three years for the degree at Dublin Business School. How long then before you, you know, became a fully-fledged barrister? Um, I became a barrister in 2015. I had finished DBS yeah. in 2013. And I had done the three-year law degree then. And to get into the King's Inns, you have to do an entrance exam. And the mm. entrance exams are five days. So there's one every day for five days at that time. And I had failed one of the five exams, so I had to go back a year later and redo the exams again. You have to do so them again, all. Is that the way it works? You must get them all. To get, in, to get into the King's Inns. Yeah. So I, I redid the exams then, I think it was, in uh, 2013. And then I did the Barrister Law Degree part-time, mm. which was every weekend or every second weekend for two years. So in 2015, we were sitting at home. And the uh, the postman, you know, came to the house and he had an envelope, and we mugged him, you know, took the envelope, and I had passed the barrister law degree, and it was just I just couldn't explain it to you, you know. What a feeling! What a feeling! And I can only imagine how you felt at that stage. Well, I want to say. Well done to you. Congratulations. And we've got to mention Fiona Gray Lawler, uh, your wonderful wife, who is assistant director of nursing yes at St James's Hospital in Dublin. In St. James's Hospital, when I, I had to park the taxi up because things were getting bad just before I got into the, the King's Inns. And yeah, so she says retrain as a healthcare assistant. So I was back in college again, training as a healthcare assistant. 
and I worked in St. James's for a couple of years mm. to, um, you know, to kind of pay my way through college. Yes. The best thing about working in St. James's Hospital was the people skills that you gain are incredible mm. because you're dealing with, you know, some patients who are vulnerable, uh, you know, um, families who are concerned, um, and you're dealing with highly qualified people and incredible people to work with but they treat you as the same you're learning things around them all the time and my ambition from the time I went back to school in DBS in 2009 was to learn as much as I can in such a short period of time I was trying to catch up on my yesterdays because my yesterdays were meant to be for school unfortunately they weren't and I just try to pass that message on to students who come into the course we invite students into the courts and we'll have a talk and we'll say, don't be me, stay in school. And if you can't stay in school, go back at the earliest opportunity. Mm. It's never too late. That's your theme. That is your little strap line. It is never too late in life. And you are a real example of this. You're fantastic. And you're a practising barrister now, working away. I'm working away. It's, um, I'm there since 2015. I mainly practice in the area of uh, criminal law. And I just think that, you know, like everything is unprecedented until it happens for the first time. And I grew up in Finglas. You know, I have relations in town and Ballymun and mainly on the north side. And what happens, Jerry, is that some people, they fall into this kind of magical space that they feel they can't get out, whether it's because they have a drug issue, it could be unemployment or it could be homelessness. And the way I see things is that, like, every drug is an enemy-made friend and it prevents you from returning to reality. So when I see some of my friends or some family or neighbours who have fallen on hard times, where they're through drugs, I was always the type who kind of went in and try to help them out. When I go into court now, some of those people I know, some people I don't know, are in court because of things that they have foolishly done and things that they had no choice to do. Maybe they had to, to steal to feed themselves people who are homelessness and when I go into court I represent them to the best of my ability remembering where they've come from and the circumstances surrounding where they come from but also they've been accused of committing a crime and I love when I can stand up in court and explain to the court the circumstances of that person not to excuse what they've done but just to kind of shine a different reality on, on where they've been and, and where their life was at that time or where their headspace was at that time. Mm. You know? And I feel a great honour that I'm able to do that. It's fantastic to ponder what you've just said because you are of them and they are of you. Yeah, it, it, like, we, we, we all come from something. Yes. And I'm not saying that anybody who works in a certain type of job pretends they come from nothing. But there's a reality that people from where I come from have to live up to and people are born into this world and we all have choices but sometimes circumstances take away that choice Mm. and when you're locked in a dark place life is not a reality you know and what I do now personally on my spare time is I do my own little bit for charity and I just try to help people out of that darkness even if it's just for a day or even if it's just for a couple of weeks what we do Jerry, is that I invite students into the courts, particularly ones who have gone back to school, who are my age, maybe younger, or students who feel that they're never going to progress from where they are. And I say, come into the courts with me for a week. 
and come around and we'll see how the criminal justice system works, mm. you know, to educate them, to let them see that everybody in this building, a lot of them deserve to be there, you know, who yes. um, who do things or who are accused of doing things. And there's people who just happen to be there because of the circumstance. And when I bring the students in for a week, they see a different side to a reality that they're part of, mm. but they're kind of shied away from it because they're living in their own bubble. And we, I have had three students now, um, and I call them students, return to school and get an education. And one of them is actually a barrister now, got called to the bar this year. Uh, one is training to be a solicitor. And uh, the other person is, is in the system at the moment getting their, their law degree. So I'm, I'm very proud that I have just slightly faced somebody in the same direction that Fiona had faced me in. And that direction is, it's never too late to look in the mirror and say to yourself, I can do anything that is put in front of me. Are there some people beyond redemption, though? You know, you mentioned that circumstances dictate and where you're born is an accident of destiny, etc. But there are some people, you know, when they become hardened in the criminal world and that, and you've obviously moved in this circle too as well. Are there some people just lost? Well... I think everybody gets lost in their life. And one of my colleagues, Paul Bourne, had said to me, and I have the quote written down here, he says, the greatest sin in life is not to be curious. And I agree with that to some extent because we're all curious about many things, about education, or what life could have been like. And I think that anybody, everybody maybe, at some stage in their life can turn away from where they've been, whether it be because a cop on themselves or maybe they could be helped. But I, I don't think that anything is unfixable. Mm. I think that many things are manageable. You know, I mean, many people are diagnosed with illnesses that can't be cured, but they can be managed. And I think if somebody can manage their circumstance, they've a better hope of returning to Yes. some reality, rather than trying to change the circumstance. Mm. So I think to manage where you are first, and then hopefully if you can move away from that, and turn to people who can help you. Yes. Turn to the likes of Fiona, or turn to the likes of, I don't know, maybe Peter McFerry can help you. And there's many people doing many great things. So I'm just a small cog in a wheel that's been turning I mean, long before I was born. And I'm just happy I can help just keep it turning for a little bit longer for some people. You're an important cog, may I say, in that wheel. Uh, well done, Fiona. And you have two lovely girls now, yourselves. And yeah, life is Katie Ellen and Lola May, they're, they're 12, they're 13 and 11 uh, in, in, in April. And they were born the same day, one year apart. And both were born on the day of my exams. So year one, Katie Ellen was born and Fiona had been in hospital for a long period of time in the comb and I had to study at the end of Fiona's bed. They put a little mattress at the end of the bed and I was studying for my exams at the end of the bed mm. and we had to move my first exam, criminal law, because Katie Ellen was born. And one year later, I was going in to do my company law exam and I got a text before I went into the room and Fiona told me she's gone into labour on Lola May. <laughs> so I said, I don't believe this. So I had to tell the invigilators, look, my wife's gone into labour. So they threw me out of the exams and says, come back, we'll, you can resit them, you know? Yeah. And so so every challenge that was kind of, you know, thrown at us uh, was, was a challenge. 
but they were great challenges. Yes. Now I can show my children and everybody's child or every person, you know, yeah. anything is possible. Anything is possible. possible. It really is. And I want to just leave it on that note today. You're a fantastic guy. I've so enjoyed our conversation. I hope we talk again, but I wish you well. And thank you so much for lifting my and so many other people's spirits. I'm sure listening to you today. You're wonderful. Darren Lawler, thanks a million. Thank you very much, Jerry. Take care. Talk again. Take care. Bye bye. Such an inspirational man, Darren Lawler, isn't he? Yes, he is indeed. I know you weren't watching Louise last night, but I was glued to The Apprentice. I didn't I, think of it, but I. Was. I, I know you did, but you were asleep. <laughs> I was <Anyway>. asleep. <laughs> um, yes, uh, the first episode, and I mentioned yesterday two Irish people, Kevin Darcy and Emma Brown. Emma Brown kicked out last night at Already. the first fence she fell. Oh my, oh my. I'd say she's talented and has ability, but she disrupted the the, the <laughs> task. The boys did one task, the girls did another. You know what I mean? Uh, they were in two teams, boys against girls, and she was just agitating the whole night. And Sugar got fed up of her at the end of the night and says, Disruptor, disruptor, you're fired, and pointed the finger at her. She's out. Gone. It's, it- is that the first time that somebody has been out so... No, they sack... No, they always no, do, they, do, there's they? always um, somebody gone week one. one. But it's okay. terrible to go out the first week, isn't it? There's 18 of them good in tally, it. Good tally, though, was it? Oh, it was good, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it, it just shows you how intelligent people are so stupid. <laughs> That's what it proves. The apprentice, we're okay then, so... The appre- oh, we're, we listen, we are, we are rock stars when it comes to intelligence. But, yeah, The Apprentice proves how supposedly talented and clever people are so stupid. That's really the, the, the under undercurrent of the whole thing. Anyway, looking forward to week two already. But Coming, she's far from stupid. Just uh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Just, you know, one of those things. Had she shut her mouth and said nothing and stayed quiet and stayed in the background like many of the others, clever in the 18, she'd still be there. But sure, she had to speak. Be like myself. You'd have to say it, you know. Great. I love TV. We watch TV. TV themes with Jerry Kelly on the late lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, TV! It's a classic this Friday afternoon. Does it bring back memories for you? Well, Louise, does it bring back memories without naming... I'm not saying anything. ...the programme <laughs> this time round. In the name of God, I'm getting so nervous here. <laughs> Don't mention the war. Don't say the name. Folks, do you know that TV theme? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Tell me. Give me the answer, please. I have a lovely prize to send out it's to one Grange of you. not Hill. <laughs> Late lunch this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Grange Hill. That's for sure. <laughs> No, anyway, it uh, brings back memories, doesn't it? It does, it does, it does indeed. Anyway, ha- let's have your answers. Keep them coming to us. They're pouring in there as I speak. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text again. Now, I, Louise, you brought this to my attention. Slippers. Do you own a pair of slippers, Louise? No. Neither do I. <laughs> I, ah, just, I just wear socks. Snap. So you don't have slippers. I don't have slippers. But you said to me, look at this, Louise says yesterday. Mm. Seven out of ten people now between the age of 25 and 40 here in Ireland own a pair of slippers. Now, mm. that is un- unusual. Or I'm surprised by that. Are you? 
Yeah, I would have always associated slippers to be with the much older generation yes. or else you have to have them if you're going into hospital. Now you're talking. And I have to say to you, the day I have slippers <laughs> or uh, visit, what yeah. do you call the thing you, you wear, a gown, what do you call dressing that? Dressing gown. A dre- yeah, the day I have slippers and <laughs> a dressing gown. Or pyjamas. Or pyjamas. Life <laughs> is over. It's finished. It's done with. It's not worth living. Any of those slippers... Dressing gown and pyjamas are out the window. Not a pipe. I don't think I'll ever have a pipe. (laughs) (laughs) Put that in your pipe and smoke it. She's standing by. We love her on late launch. She is the woman that M&S love as well. She's a fashion advisor, consultant, you name it. Lisa Smith, welcome back to the show. Hi, guys. Happy New Year to you both. Many happy returns. Many happy Uh, returns. I knew that you didn't wear pyjamas to bed. You told me that one, but now I'm shocked. So we don't do everybody and now we don't do slippers, Jerry. <laughs> I, I, I don't. All I, absolutely. And you can ask anyone in my family. This is no word of a lie. Slippers, the dressing oh. gown, or the jammies. No, I don't own any of them at all, and I don't want to own them for sure. Am I an oddball, Lisa? No, I'm just afraid to ask what you wear. So, <laughs> no, no, you're definitely not an oddball at all. There's loads of people who don't wear slippers, but I'm sitting here now, and I have. Wish I had my slippers. I'm working, obviously, and I would love nothing better. I love taking off my runners or boots and popping my slippers on in the evening. And there's loads of people that like that. But um, the other people now are yeah. gone crazy for the slippers. Crazy. This, this is it's what I wanted to ask you. Why, why, why is it? Like those figures, 7 out of 10 between 25 and 40. Why? Why, Lisa? What is it? Right. It was lockdown was a big thing for us all, obviously. We got very, very comfortable, but we got where if somebody, obviously no one could call up, but you wanted to still not be in your pyjamas. So loungewear was a big, big thing, Mm. but it was all dressy loungewear. So everything, obviously there was money to be made in designer loungewear. Mm. And now we have the best of slippers. We've Ugg slippers. We have any, like any type of slipper, leather slippers for anyone. So... That's how you know that they're big now. They got so comfortable yeah. in in what they were wearing. But as well as that, social media platform is huge. So the younger people, let's say 15 and 16, were all snapping each other. Well, look at my slippers. I have these ones. Yeah. And that's, that's how it all... It all took off. And you know, you're right, because pre-pandemic, the stats say that it was approximately 4 out of 10 in that age category, 25 to 40, had slippers. Now it's 7 out of 10 after coming out of the pandemic, as you say. So there is an actual logical reason for it. But tell me this, is it men and women, both? Men and women, both, yeah. And it's same in our figures as well here, as we speak, in slippers have went up unbelievably in the past two years. Slippers and loungewear. Slippers being huge. But I've noticed, like your eye looking at the slippers, there's some really, really nice slippers out there. For example, like my daughter wanted the Ugg slippers mm. uh, for Christmas and no way. They were like a hundred and hundred and five euro. So we weren't going there, Jerry, for them mm. now. Yes. <laughs> they were far too expensive. Mm. But mm. um no, like you can get like imitation ones and they're all just they're all crazy. They're all following the Kardashians as well. Yeah. If you're watching the Kardashians, I don't watch it myself now, but I was asking some of the younger girls, like, and they were saying, like, watching the Kardashians, like, but well, they're walking out in Los Angeles, walking around in these really, really 
top-notch slippers that you wear, like your Ugg slippers. <laughs> well, that was so. my next question in Ireland because, you know, we've had the controversy about people going to the shop in their jammies. You know this uh, already. Uh, slippers out in the out in the public arena, going shopping, going to the local shop, hopping in here, there. Yes? Awful, but it does happen. And yeah, it does. Yeah. But you can, get, you can get ones that don't really look like slippers they look more like an old boot mm. but you'd still you'd still know they were slippers Louise you can't walk in slippers though you shuffle <laughs> no <laughs> but you do you see them all anybody even in hospitals or anything they shuffle along to try on that's what we should do we should all <laughs> to go shopping I can show you the shuffle ones and I can show you the ones with the backs on them that will help you walk better. There's, there's slippers out there for everyone. There is shufflers, Louise. <laughs> or you slide down the stairs in them. That's another one. Uh, <laughs> no, we'll do the slipper test. I come up to the studio and we'll do the slipper yeah, test. Yeah, you're going to have to. But here's the thing, Lisa. <laughs> she's not telling you she's a glass of wine in one hand and the slippers on the feet. <laughs> Slippers on my uh, ears. <laughs> I think I think we're all the same there. Don't be worrying about that one. <laughs> but uh, so so it is. It's back. It's booming. It's big time. It's in the young, younger age category, and they don't have any hang ups about it. You know, you know the way people would think. Uh, like we say there, you, you said a moment ago. I think you know, our Louise. It's for you know middle to later life. No, not anymore. No, no. It's cool to wear slippers. It's cool to wear them. Honestly, there you go. Most definitely, like, and everybody. I always would have thought like slippers was a thing yeah. Yeah, for Christmas. Mm. Like that's what you got. Everybody got slippers. Like my <laughs> husband loves to get slippers for Christmas and I'm laughing now the two of you when you say it. My son bought him a pipe for Christmas. He always <laughs> wanted a pipe because he loves um, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I said, thank you, Jerry, here's this one. So there's an old with new slippers and his pipe. And a pipe. Wow. Oh, Gandalf wouldn't get looking. <laughs> Your fella is going places. Let me tell you, I love the smell of the a pipe. Do you know what I mean? Especially out in the open. If you catch it on the wind, it's a lovely thing. So it is. Yeah, well, that's what he does because he actually doesn't even smoke. There you go. So so he just he said that someone told him at work it's very relaxing. Mm. So obviously the poor man needs to relax. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, it's, um, he has his pipe and his new slippers. So. When he starts preparing the tobacco and uh, cleaning the <laughs> pipe and all that, we'll talk to you about that when you have that experience. I think I'll be Nora Batty throwing him out of the house <laughs> then at that stage. You, <laughs> you need yeah. his slippers for that one, Jerry. Give him a belt of a slipper. Uh, here's uh, a question for you. Hiya, Jerry and Louise. What about slipper socks, says Dave? Slipper socks? Did you ever hear that? Oh, Slip- yeah, slipper yeah. socks are, are brilliant. But slipper socks would be more, obviously, like walking around. Um, they'll keep the feet warm, but mm. they they would tend to get dirty and you constantly wash them just like you are a pair of socks. Yes. So that's your difference. And then obviously you couldn't go outside in your slipper socks. Yeah. Well, just to go back to my sleeping arrangements, because I've got to clarify this. People are wondering, well, what does he wear or whatever? So I might as well tell you on the public airwaves today. I would never wear socks in bed because I find socks, unless I had a cold or I I wasn't well, the socks would keep me warm. And of course, I have my new hot water bottle now as well to take with me. But I just wear a T-shirt and my boxers in bed. That's all. Ah, Jerry, you're hot stuff. That's what it is. You don't need anything. That's what it is. I love you, Lisa Smith. Compared to that other one that I was talking to a few weeks ago, one of the cars, I don't want to even mention her. You're my favourite, favourite, favourite now of all time. Thank you so much for that. God, you've made me year already. And it's only the 5th of January or the 6th. Um, Lisa, while you're with me, I just wanted to... uh, tell you I did something over the Christmas holidays I think you'd be proud of me I did an audit of my wardrobe Lisa oh 
well done. Can I tell yes. you what I have? Yes. And and I want oh, your assessment of this. This is getting very serious now. Here's my wardrobe audit. And I have not... Louise will tell you. Sharon, I have it all written down here. I took them all out and tried them and everything. Anyway, let's start with the socks. I have 30 pair of socks in circulation and 12... So we'll go in, in circulation and what I have put by new. And I have 12 pairs new that I have standing by. Is 30 an awful lot? It's too many socks, oh, is it? Oh, too many socks. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, no, I have to... I, I, thanks for... I just want your advice on that. Boxer shorts. I have 10 pair... And and five on standby new ones. That's all right, isn't it? Ten, that's five. Good, yeah. Are you happy yeah, with that? I'm happy with that because okay. you're keeping them on your teeth. Yes, so, so you, you know, you have to keep yeah. circulating them and moving them around regularly. Um, yeah. Shirts, I have 19 shirts and five new ones. That's a bit on the high side with the shirts, is it? Uh, well, no, like, well, it is high. Like, uh, some of them formal, though, and some of them Yes, are, yes, it's yeah, a mix. So they're all... Yeah, it's well, a there mix. you go. But it's not an awful lot. Just doing the least. It tick. is a lot, but it's not an awful lot. It's not lot. an awful lot. So look, you're no. giving me the thumbs. I'm putting the thumbs up besides the ones and we're going to sort out the socks. As regards yeah. tops and jumpers, which is a combination of sweatshirts, jumpers, say I have 15 uh, in circulation all the time and I have eight in standby. Well, no, that's good too, oh, good. Jerry. Yes. I'm doing great here. I'm, I'm absolutely no, delighted. They're um, working. 15 <laughs> is not too bad and eight standby. But the eight standby is that because you will. You don't know if you'll wear them or not. That's well, you, you know, like I'm going out somewhere and I need something in a hurry that looks half decent without the little balls on the front of it. You know the way some oh, of them jumpers so go or that. Newer. Oh, no, uh, well, that's good. New wear yeah, there. Yeah. So that gets the t- Now, T-shirts. I have about 7 million T-shirts. <laughs> I really have. I have heaps of them, Lisa. But I only have 7 newbies waiting by. But I have too many T-shirts, Lisa. I have too many. How many T-shirts should you have does well, it? It's about, I'm just going to ask you there now. Is, are they because of like concerts, like let's say Def Leppard or? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you'll yeah. never part with anything with that, obviously. No, you're um, you're on the ball with Def. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know about the leopard part. I ha- <laughs> I, I just get t-shirts. Any t-shirts no. <laughs> no, no, I have a few queer looking ones, and Louise will tell you. Are they into me colours, Louise? I love colours. In I'm a real yes. colour person. Yes. Yeah, I like a colour right t-shirt as well, and colours that suit anyone. Like you have lovely eyes, Jerry, but the colour of oh. your eyes obviously bring out the colour of your t-shirt. I always say that, especially <laughs> in summer, because the sun lifts you. But with yes. t-shirts, I would say they're not like unless you've a really expensive t-shirt, which people don't really do anymore. I wouldn't have an awful lot. I'd be bin in some of them because yeah. they, let's face it, they don't wash great, you yeah. know, t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. So okay. we need a good few fresh white ones and coloured ones, as you say. But that's yes. it. Maybe about ten t-shirts. Okay. Be well, I'm going to sort that. Out, I promise. Just put a little X on that one. So t-shirts and socks to be sorted out. Jeans, four pair in circulation, two new ones. That's very reasonable, isn't it? That's very. Oh, good. thank you. Yeah. All right, and trousers, eight pair in circulation with three in reserve. Okay, there. Perfect. You're oh, very good, Jerry. Not bad. No, not bad. I'm a little bit afraid now if you put Louise on to me. That'd be a different story. I can't believe he counted his socks. <laughs> Who counts their socks? <laughs> you check the socks to see if there's holes in them. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. I counted them and I'll tell you, I found a few odd balls <laughs> as well. Are there any holes or odd, or no, odd ones? No, no, no because no. I dumped them. As soon as I see anything, they're gone. They're out. They're out the window. <laughs> I don't hold on to them at all. But uh, yeah, well, we'll... With your socks, obviously you need um, maybe yeah. two or three pairs of warm socks, formal yes. socks. You know, if you're going yeah. to 
like your dinner dances mm, that you've mm. had all these amazing awards for yeah. this year need your skinny socks for them and you know one of, those, one of those pairs of socks I treasure Louise bought them for me last Christmas even though I forgot all about it <laughs> mea culpa Aww. she got a lovely pair of socks with LMFM late lunch on them and they're lovely no, they're beautiful they really no, are beautiful that's an off parting that's a little no. that's one forever yeah. I'm even afraid to wear them I am I just throw <laughs> sugar at them uh, anyway Aww, that's lovely <laughs> Louise Louise, do yeah. you, I think Louise should do this. What do you think, Lisa? Louise has to do this. We'll, oh, we'll yeah. do it together, Louise. If you want, oh no, talk, you we'll do it you together. would not. You no, no. It'd take me like forever. <laughs> oh, I laugh, but you know what you said to me even today. I was in the studio about the jumper you were wearing. Mm. It didn't even look like they look good. And Louise said to me, "I think was it ten years old? Oh, mm. it could be twenty-five years old. Mm. You're just such a brilliant. You're obviously really good at washing, and you're really good at keeping. They're never keeping washed. Your clothes, which is good. <laughs> but we do have to do. We do have to do a wardrobe haul. Yes. So next time I'm on, Louise can come on and say, "Okay, Lisa, we got rid of this and." We'll find out what, like Jerry's not too bad. All he has to get rid of is a few pairs of socks. That's not bad. And the t-shirts, yeah. I have to sort out and the t-shirts too. And yeah. after that, I might. Mm. And please, I just say to anybody listening, never buy me slippers, never buy me <laughs> a dressing gown, or never yeah. buy me, what was the other thing we said? Uh, what do you, do you just go barefoot around the house then? Just wear me. I don't really. You know, would you get up and get dressed straight away or would you like plod around the house straight, I get dressed in your barefoot? Straight, I get dressed straight away every day. Uh, and, Okay, so right. And what about yeah? Like, see your Louise. Yeah, I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> Jerry. Your crusty toes. I wasn't going to say that one. Hold on, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Talcum Come powder. in here. I see Come the talcum powder Come flying. In here. I've just taken me. I've just taken me shoes and socks no. off. Come in here. Come in it. here. Come in here. And look at my. Look at no. the no. Look from a distance. Do they look okay? <laughs> Has he got good feet? Oh, please? I have lovely. I feet. see a lot of dry skin. I beg your calluses. pardon. <laughs> you doing your ass? Pedicure. Send him in for a pedicure. Uh, anyone out there with a chiropodist? <laughs> and another thing now you can get is um, slippers that have a built-in mask. So these are all. They, these will moisturise the feet. So if you do have dry feet, they're like little bags that fit inside the slippers to yeah. moisturise the feet and they're That's safe to nice. walk around in. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. So, Look, it, 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 so, they not feel sweaty then? Well, you'd probably just sit there when you're watching your soaps <laughs> and let the feet melt away, toast away and then give the little rinse off. You've I don't think feet. I have seen my feet in about 20 years because they're always freezing. I always have to wear at least two pairs of socks. Oh, I see. Yeah, I love my feet and my feet aren't done properly. My sister will be the first one to tell me because she's like, I was looking at some of the photos you did the other day and your toenails, they need to be painted a bit better than that. <laughs> you <laughs> see. Oh, God, thanks. You... She's obviously zooming in. Oh, she is. And you you see, you're in the public spotlight all the time. Yeah. I can understand that for sure. Anyway, that's the story here on the fashion that's front today. Story. Slippers that's are in. And so is your creatures of habit, us Irish people from the first of the month what do we do active wear so that's what everyone's buying is active wear no it'll be right up until St. Patrick's Day till they're back on the beer again ah <laughs> listen you are just great and the messages are coming Lisa is just fantastic Jerry. happy new oh. year from Geraldine another one there wouldn't you just love Lisa Smith yes we do and that's why she chats to <laughs> oh, us on the thank show thank you very much listen everyone. you're great to join us and good luck it's with all pleasure. you do and we'll be in touch again have a so. great new year guys thank you, you so too. much thanks Lisa bye bye happy New Year, Happy New Year. Uh, we'll take a break there till I put my socks and shoes back on. <laughs> you want to have two breaks, so. <laughs> <laughs>
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Jordan. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. <laughs> comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On The Late Lunch. I love comedy. Yes, it's the brilliant Jen Brister this afternoon bringing us her comedy. Her mother is Spanish, so she's half Spanish herself. She's talking here about her mum, who's been living in the UK for years and years, and then Jen herself becoming a mum in her 40s. I've got a Spanish mum, and uh, she lives here in the UK. It's all very legal. (laughs) She's lived longer in the UK than she's ever lived in Spain, but the brilliant thing about my mum is that she's never lost her accent. She's doing very, very good. She's doing very, very good. words she cannot pronounce. Lost and lost words she cannot pronounce, huh? <laughs> my favourite word that my mum's never been able to pronounce is uh, my brother's name. <laughs> Not even a difficult name. His name's Stephen. This. Spanish people, any word that begins with the letter S, they struggle, right? So my mum doesn't call him Stephen. She calls him Estiven. Steven. Is it? Isn't it just Steven? Even if I know his name is my son, it is Steven! I don't know how my mum's my mom, never really coped in this country, and I think it's because, like a lot of Mediterranean people, she's quite loud. Yeah? She's got one volume, it's like this. Whereas in this country, particularly if we're middle class, we tend to be low talkers, don't we? We don't like to raise our voices, do we? Why? Because we've got money. And we just assume that if you are raising your voice, well, you're probably poor. Or worse, foreign. great thing about having a Mediterranean mum is they feed you. Oh my God. She's always feeding. That's her way of showing that she loves her children is to feed us. Anything can be going on in my life and my mum will relate it back to a meal that she's cooked. Do you know what I mean? Like, so good or bad, particularly if I'm depressed. If I phone up my mum and I've had a terrible day, yeah, I phone up my mum, conversation always goes like this. Oh, Jennifer, my God, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that you're having a hard time right now. But you know what? Don't worry, okay? I made a soup. You sound hungry. I'm 42. Don't worry, I'm not going to moan about my age. I realise there's nothing worse than somebody younger than you moaning about their age. You know when you overhear somebody saying things like this on the bus? I'm going to be 23 on Saturday. (laughs) And I just feel really old. (laughs) I will stab you in the face. (laughs) I'm not going to moan about it. You get boring as you get older because you do less. And, and the way to make sure that you really nail the coffin in dullness, have kids. Oh, my God. <laughs> Snoresville! I've got twins. I've got twins. Yeah, going to be three in a few weeks' time. This is a dream sequence for me. I think I'm actually dead. <laughs> I was, do you know what I was really worried about before I had children? It wasn't about being a parent. I was really worried about being dull. Because I mean, look... Having kids late, 42, yeah? And they're only, they're only, like, nearly three. Most of my friends have had kids. And I remember my best mate, when she had her kids. Dear God. Before the children arrived, we'd have 
interesting conversations about current affairs, popular culture. She'd ask me questions like, how are you? <laughs> See, the kids are that went. Go around the house and it's a bit more like this. Oh, hi, Jen. Oh, Jen, thanks so much for coming. Jen, look at the baby, look at the baby. Isn't the baby the most beautiful baby you've ever seen in your life? We love this baby, don't we, Dave? We like to look at the baby all day. Jen, look at the baby. Jen, look at the baby, look at the baby. I do not want to be that person. <laughs> and it is not sustainable, yeah? Because that mate of yours will make the error of having two or maybe three kids go around their house after they've had the second or third child and you'll find a very subtle change in their behaviour. It's a bit more like this. Sorry, mate, can I just stop you there? It's just that... Little Johnny's got his fingers in a plug socket and I'm really worried he might electrocute himself. Leave him, we've got another one. Open the Pinot Grigio. <laughs> Jen Brister there with her comical look at life. Her mother and her <laughs> becoming a mum in her 40s. Your comedy on late lunch this Friday afternoon. Little Christmas Day. Nulug Naman, I hope you're enjoying it. Last day of the lights, the decorations and the crib. Louise, you'd be proud of me. I put the wise men into the crib last evening. So they'd be there, you know, at midnight and they'd be in the crib wow. for the final day. I put the three wise men in. What that like? Oh, shit, that's the tradition, isn't it? They've got to go in today. All my figures are stuck in there. So no movement. So they're all there from the from beginning. From the get-go. Yeah. Imagine they arrived early. <laughs> I knew you're always early. Yeah, All the, the, the wise men arrived. Child was premature. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Anyway, put them in. Uh, Nulug Naman being celebrated. Uh, it is celebrated. We heard, mm. of course, uh, Sinead Burke talking about it yesterday. And it's a big thing, especially in the Munster area as well. But anyway, this is the last day of the lights, the trade, the decorations. Tomorrow, all will be gone. The mm. houses will be bare. Now, some of them are bare already. But if you're with tradition like ourselves, it'll be tomorrow. It'll all come down. Anyway, enjoy the last day of the festive season, 22-23. Well, talking about seasons, it is January. And for the gardener, it's a wonderful time of the year. Nikki Kyle's with us next. It's time to get uh, ordering those seeds. She's one of Ireland's foremost organic gardeners. NikkiKyleGardening.com. Brilliant blog. Check it out. And she is such a good friend of ours on Late Lunch. Happy New Year, Nikki Kyle. <laughs> Happy New Year to you, Jerry Kelly. Great to be on the starting box for another growing year, isn't it? It's uh, simply wonderful. It really is. And do you know what? The good news is that because of Brexit, that the number of Irish-owned seed companies is gradually increasing. Uh, so there's a lot more choice than there was a couple of years ago, luckily. Which is great to hear. Let's get straight to business because, yeah. you know, spuds are close to my heart. And I just think they're so magical, as I often said to you, with my granddaughter and the other grandchildren coming along now to put a potato in, even in a pot, and then harvest it in, what, 12 to 14 weeks is just magical, Nikki. Oh, it is absolutely fantastic. You know, the, the best range actually here. Um, I mean, a lot of places have seed potatoes but very few have organic. Mm. Uh, Fruit Hill Farm, who I'm always mentioning, um, have a terrific range uh, of organic and untreated, very important, untreated with fungicides, seed potatoes. uh, And many are also blight resistant as well. And the great option they have uh, for many of those varieties is they offer small 500 gram taster bags. Mm. So if you want to try a new variety, you can try six or seven tubers. So you don't have to buy two kilos of potatoes and end up with a lot you don't really want. Um, and it's a great way to try new varieties. Uh, and if you don't think six or seven is enough, actually, you can use a clever trick I often use uh, to double them up or even treble uh, their number uh, by cutting them up, um, you know, and, and putting them, uh, drying them out, putting them in a warm box uh, somewhere to, to shoot. 
uh, and dry out, and they'd be absolutely fine. So, um, I mean, you know, I, I won't, uh, I'll tell you what happened this morning. My, my well, not mine, but the, the internet went completely bonkers. Um, I can't get onto Twitter and I can't get onto the internet. So I couldn't get varieties. But, you know, there's a lot of good varieties out there. And Fruit Hill Farm really do have the best selection out of all the suppliers here. So to come back to the potato, if you have a single potato with three or four eyes on it, you can split that potato yeah. and all you need is an eye to grow a potato plant. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, in, in the past when I've been short of potato, uh, potatoes for planting uh, or wanted a new variety, I've often just sliced off the shoot mm. with a little bit of skin below uh, the shoot, you know, yes. uh, at the eye, and put those onto a bit of uh, damp tissue paper for a couple of weeks and they'll start to sprout roots, pop them up and they just grow like a normal seed potato. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant tip there. I have my salad spuds chitting already and sprouting because I bought them. I think I got Nicola and something else in the supermarket, a small bag each before Christmas. And I put those into pots, into individual pots to give me a very early salad potato. You'll have those at uh, at Easter. Yes. I do that every year with with a few of them. I don't do a lot because you've got to keep the frost off them and it can be a bit of a faff of having to, you know, keep them, uh, keep sort of fungus and things away from them if it's too warm. And the weather's so changeable now. So you need to be able to cover them and uncover them fairly easily. Mm. You can't just leave them alone in the tunnel and hope that they'll be okay. Because, you know, if it gets too warm, I mean, last year was very warm sort of this time of year. Um, And it can suddenly be warm and they can suddenly get blight. Because light is always in the air. You can't shut it out. Mm. It's always there when the air is warm enough for it to develop. Mm. Um, So it's really important to remember that. But if there is a frost, they are very frost tender. Just cover them with a little bit of seeds or a couple of layers of newspaper and they'll be fine. That's inside, but don't plant any potatoes outside uh, yet. Uh, I always start mine off in March, as you know, but that's yeah. sort of later on. Later on for those. I know in ordering varieties, I have to say, you know, the Sharps Express is a lovely old variety. Um, the British Queen is loved in this neck of the woods still. But I have to say, and I'll say it here again, my favourite potato of all, and it's the one I grow, is Duke of York. And I have my seeds ordered, and they are yeah. certified and, and are and organic as well. Can I ask you, the Red Duke of York, have you heard much about them? I, I prefer it, actually. I think it's better flavoured. I always Are they? That. Are they? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same as the other Duke of York, but I think it has a slightly better flavour as you're eating the skins as well, which you should. Yes. And they're higher in, in antioxidants, obviously, because they're red. Oh, I'll have but to get the some. only thing is, it, it's my blight indicator, I'm afraid. Mm. It gets blight faster than anything else. So if you see it on that, everything else will get it a week or so later. Yeah. But if you can look after it well, it's a great early potato. Mm. So really tasty. Lovely yellow flesh as well. But actually, Fruit Hill Farm have a, have a lot of. Um, yellow flesh potatoes are on sale this year and always go for the yellow flesh one if you want good flavor yes um you know people seem to go for the white one mm. you know it's just through habit i think mm. the yellow flesh ones generally are again higher in antioxidants um and actually they have a better flavor and very often um they're, they're better for sort of general use for mashing and for chips and the record in the uh, later, the main crop was Absolutely. a great potato as well. But nobody's grown them now, Nicky. It's hard to get the record, you know. It is, it's hard to get records, but your Sante is a very good uh, second option mm. to record. Just as good, I think. Good. Yellow flesh, great masher, doesn't boil away in the water, which I hate. I normally steam potatoes anyway, but you can actually boil Sante if you want to, and it's fine. Great. So that's potatoes. What about onions now? We, we've spoken in the past. Seeds or sets? Um, well, I prefer seed, but mm. uh, there are several places that have um, uh, onion, red barn uh, onion sets. Uh, I mean, 
uh, seedaholic have a, a red barren onion uh, seed. Um, and I think Seeds Ireland, which is a fairly new uh, website, um, they're down in Limerick. They've got actually um, red barren onions and another variety of red onion. I can't remember, but I, because I can't get onto the internet today, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I can't tell you the name of that, but, but it is an excellent onion. It's the one I always grow from seed. Okay. Um, and, and you won't get problems with, you know, onions running up to seed, mm. um, you know, bolting. Yes. And not producing a proper bulb at the bottom mm. with seed, but you're much more likely to get that with sets. Um, uh, and also, uh, if you're a non-organic set, you're more likely to bring in on the white rock disease, and we won't talk about that again today, because mm. I know that's your nightmare. It <laughs> is my nightmare, and I don't want to, to even uh, fathom thinking about it today. Now, let's move on to tomatoes, and you are, of course, the founder of the wonderful Tomato Festival here in Ireland, and you love your tomatoes, and you're a woman who loves trying different varieties. What have you to say to us? If you are to recommend a variety or two to listeners today, where are you going this year? Well, do you know what? Um, actually, uh, again, I am trying more to grow open pollinating uh, varieties, which you can save seed of yourself. Mm. Because once you save seeds, you'll have them forever. Um, and actually, brown envelope seeds have got some good varieties uh, this year. Um, they've got, uh, they did have mascots. I looked at it this morning before the internet went, and that was sold out. Mm. But they also have LATAR, L-A-T-A-H which is a very good early variety, very sparsely leaved, uh, which means it's better, uh, more disease resistant, you know, it has better air circulation. And Tumblr is another lovely one. Mm. Uh, and they're both really early, um, ripening, delicious bush varieties, great for containers. And also, um, they've got a French variety called Native Honey Man. Oh. It's a really good flavoured uh, one. And it looks as if it has a meaty middle, a bit like a beefsteak. And I just couldn't resist the name, so I've had to order it. <laughs> Naked Honey Man. And what, what, what's that seed company? Just mention it again. Uh, brown Envelope Brown Envelope Seeds. Oh, yes, Bad yes. Seeds. Yeah, Bad yeah. They're very good. I've ordered yeah, from them myself. Yeah. In... Also actually, sorry, they've also actually got um, uh, the Oricophragmus violaceus again, which sounds a bit of a mouthful, the AKA the Chinese February Orchid. It's mm. a wonderful winter salad plant um, and for stir fries or, or salads. It tastes of cucumber. And it has a really beautiful flower. It was introduced by my friend, um, the garden, uh, you know, the veterinary Joy Larkin. Uh, and it's wonderful. I wouldn't want to be without it. And it's not always available. So if they've got it, you know, get it now. Um, you know, don't sort of leave ordering winter vegetables until you're thinking about sowing them in June or July because they'll be gone. Yes. And actually, even before the internet went this morning, I, I was on websites and some of them were very slow. And I just had to leave because, you know, there's so much traffic on them now people ordering seeds. Yes, so, so it. that's good advice. Order for your full year now. I want to mention two tomato varieties and I'm going to give you a couple of each of these when I sold them again this year. I got them from Fruit Hill Farm last year and I have to say I was more than happy with them. One of them is called Ruth, R-U-T-H-E, uh, Ruthe, I think they call it, Absolutely lovely uh, tomato um, yeah. in the uh, guise of our wonderful rosada. And the other one is orange drops. A beautiful oh, orange tomato, Nikki. Oh, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Orange drops as well. They're two yeah. that I enjoyed last year. They're F1 hybrids though, aren't they? They are. They are. Yeah, yeah. They are hybrids. You know, they're worth, they're worth growing if they're a really good variety. But as I say, I'm trying to go more away from, yes. from growing F1 hybrids. 
uh, because that gives us more food security. Yes. To be able to actually save our own varieties. Seeds, so If yeah. for some reason the next year or a couple of years we can't get seeds, we'll have that seed. Mm. You know, and it's really important. Oh, it's a real good advice. Anything else before we finish up you'd like to mention? Oh, well, you know, uh, well, Cobra, of course, our, our French bean that we Brilliant. Um, and Johnstown, actually, Johnstown Garden Centre have a good website. They've got lots of the unwind range, which we can't get here, but Johnstown can, and we can get them through them. Um, now, they have Cobra. They also have the Snap Pea Delicate. Do you remember you tried Yes, yes. Fabulous flavour. Um, which is brilliant for the monge pea. You can eat it at any stage, either as, as a monge pea or as a fully grown pea, which you can pod if you forget to pick it. Um, and also, they've got runabine moonlight, which is fantastic to grow in the polytunnel if you live in a really windy site. Um, because, it, you know, my runabine's got blown over every year until I found that. And that doesn't need bees to pollinate it because it's a cross mm. between a French bean and a runabine, and it's self pollinating, which is yes. fantastic. And once you've got seed of that, you won't have to buy that every year either. Mm. You can save the root. You'll have it once you grow it. Fantastic, fantastic. Oh, yeah, Cobra, marvellous as well. Delicate. And to mention that one there that you just mentioned, Moonlight, uh, the runner bean as well. Just one thing, my perpetual strawberries are uh, kaput. Anyone doing those in Ireland? I used to bring them in from the UK. No, they're not. Not. Pity. You know what you must do, Jerry? If you have perpetual strawberries, you must save the, the runners in the yeah. first year. Mm. But the second year plants won't produce runners. Mm. And I, this is what they never tell you on websites. They tell you you cut all the runners off. And of course you, you do, dutifully if you don't know this. Uh, but that's because they want you to order more. But we can't get more here. Yes. Yes, so they're not available here. I'll have to uh, I'll have to revert to my operandus modi or modus operandi of years ago where I had the address across the border. I'll have to try and... Uh, well, they won't sell them to the north either. Will they not? Oh, my God. None of the companies who are selling seeds or plants here will send either to, to northern or southern Ireland. There you go. So, we're good. so we've got to uh, rely on the old traditional strawberry and our own seed uh, suppliers as well. As Nikki's saying, they're growing all the time. Yeah. Anyway, Nikki has all the information on nickykylegardening.com I'll be talking to you soon uh, by the end of the month we'll be into February and the light getting longer and lots and lots happening happy gardening Nikki <laughs> happy gardening to everyone on the starting blocks now folks it won't be long won't be long is right thank you for joining us again today take care of yourself bye bye that's the wonderful Nikki Kyle there she'll never put you wrong I promise Eloise we have a great prize a great week of prizes haven't we next week on Late Lunch Mm. we really do folks I'm not joking you and we're out and about we're in Navin on Tuesday. Yeah, they're letting me Blake back Lund. to my hometown. <laughs> yeah, you're bringing it all back home. There'll be a queue at the door waiting for you. So there'll be <laughs> red carpets and everything and music waiting for you. Yes, we're heading to the brand new showroom of Cash and Carry Kitchens at Beachmount Home Park in Navin on Tuesday with the show. But all week, Cash and Carry Kitchens have given us wonderful prizes. We have a 100 euro one for all voucher to give away every day. And on Tuesday, when we're in Navin, one of you will win €1,000 for cash and carry kitchens. There's €1,000 on late lunch on Tuesday. What do they have to do, Louise? Tell them what they have to do next. Now, it's next week, folks, so we'll kick it off on Monday on the show. All next week from Mm -hmm. Monday. But just be thinking of this the weekend. Who would you invite, Louise? To dinner? Yeah. (laughs) I would invite Paul Allen. He's one of the smartest men in the world. He's an IQ of 160. Really? No. <laughs> you want a bit of fun. The I don't poor like man. Okay. No, I was thinking of the poor man with an IQ of that. 
Yeah, coming for my cooking. <laughs> and the other dinner. <laughs> no, you said it. I didn't say it. I'm not going to laugh at this physics. at all. Anyway, right. So what you have to tell us next week, folks, is who would you in? If you had anybody in the world living today, they have to be living today, you would invite it in. Anyone. It can be a celebrity, a friend, a family member, what, whatever. Who would you invite to dinner and what would you prepare for them? What mm. meal would you prepare for them? That's what we want to know. And tell us why. We want to know why. Because this is one great prize. A thousand euro on Tuesday and a hundred every day uh, from Cash and Carry Kitchens. Who would you invite? Or have you thought about it? I'll tell you who I'd love to have dinner with. Barack Obama. And I'd invite him for Wednesday curry. Curry Wednesday. <laughs> Would you bring him out to the Wednesday Club after? No. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I'd that, love to have dinner with Barack Obama. You'd be barred. Yeah, and have the curry. There's a few people, Kylie, so I'd love to have dinner with mm. Kylie. And I'll tell you what, I'd pull all, out all the stops for dinner there, of course. What would I cook for? I don't know what I'd cook for Kylie. I don't know what she's into at all. Noodles. <laughs> Super noodles. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want curry flavour or chicken or beef? Well, you see, you would not spend all the time cooking then. You'd have more time to talk to her. <laughs> I don't think she'd be impressed with super noodles. Anyway, who, Louise? Who would you invite to dinner? You, you, you gave us the IQ. Seriously, if you had somebody... Peter Kay. Ah, good ah, woman. Yeah, good crack. Good woman. And Tell you know what? what? And he, he'd just laugh at anything you give him anyway, so... He'd love your cooking. What would yeah. you cook from? Go on, one meal. You are Garlic good. bread. <laughs> Garlic bread, it's the future. And I love it, I love it. Anyway, get thinking, folks, next week for the Cash and Carry Kitchen's great giveaway on late lunch every afternoon. We're heading towards top of the hour at three. For all you women out there, on Nulugnaman, Little Christmas Day, of course, all girls want to have is fun. And Kylie, you'd have had fun with me with the noodles, I can tell you. Chicken or curry, love? <laughs> Just reminding you again that next week we have a wonderful competition here on LMFM's Late Lunch. Thanks to Cash and Carry Kitchens in Navin. They have a brand new showroom at Beachmount Home Park. Check them out there or visit cashandcarrykitchens.ie to book a free design appointment. They're giving us a €100 Euro one-for-all voucher each day on the show to give away to one of you. And on Tuesday, we're coming live from Cash and Carry Kitchens. Late lunch, yes, in the afternoon. They've given us a 1,000 Cash and Carry Kitchens voucher to give away to one of you. That's on Tuesday. What do you have to do to win that 1,000 euro voucher from Cash and Carry Kitchens or the 100 euro one for all voucher each day? Tell us who you'd have dinner with. A living person, be it a celebrity, a star, a friend or a family member living anywhere across the world. And what speciality meal you'd cook for that person. Tell us the person what you'd cook for them and why you'd love to have dinner with them. We want to hear it all starting on Monday here on Late Lunch. You can WhatsApp or text us to 086-1800-658, but be thinking about it over the weekend, and we'll get cracking on Monday here on the show. Let's reprise our TV theme this Friday.
brought back memories for sure. Bosco, do you remember Bosco? Yes, indeed. So many people did and got it right today. And David Byrne from Navin, indeed, was a big part of the Bosco show uh, when it was so popular here in Ireland. And the winner today of our prize on late lunch is Mary Downey from Creewood in Slane. Well done to you, Mary. We have the prize on the way to you already. And thanks to everybody who joined in the fun. Yes, Bosco, it was mega in its day for sure. Now, time for this on late lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... 1993, this very week at number five was Forever People by The Sham. And number four, Would I Lie to You, Charles and Eddie? Three, Could It Be Magic? Take That. Yesterday, number two, Heal the World from Michael Jackson and the big number one. And by God, it was a big number one back then. It was initially recorded in 1973, originally recorded by Dolly Parton, who released it in 74 and again in 82. And it reached number one on both occasions on the country music charts in the US. But 1992, late 1992, saw the release of I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. It was number one in every country in the world except one. Where? Japan. They didn't get it in Japan. It was number five. That was the highest it rose to there. 14 weeks at number one in the USA. 4.5 million in sales. 10 weeks top spot in the UK. The best-selling single of the 90s. In the UK, 1.6 million copies, and it came back to the charts in 2012, sadly, after the untimely passing of Whitney Houston. Here it is, your number one this week on Late Launch from January 1993, Miss Whitney Houston. If I and I will always love you. Oh yes, our number one this week back in 1993, the irrepressible Whitney Houston with I Will Always Love You. And I want to dedicate that to all the people I love in my life. And uh, may that continue forever and ever. Late lunch, LMFM radio, short break, final break of the day. Up next, David Sheehan with the sport. Happy New Year, David Sheehan. Jerry, happy New Year to you. Back on on Sunday with Sunday Sport, the first uh, programme of 2023. Don't miss it. Let's get quickly to this because time is going to box us out. Castletown, can they get over Fossa and get back to Crow Park for the final, David? Yeah, well, Jerry, the, the big question, I suppose, on everyone's lips all week around this game is who is going to pick up Kevin Ross? No, I'm joking slightly there. It's going to be David Clifford and um, Paddy Clifford, who everyone's talking about. I mean, David Clifford, the best forward in the country, Jerry. Like, mm. some of the best defenders in the country have struggled to contain him. So, it's going to be a really, really tough one for Castletown. We have to be honest. Like, Foster are 6-1 to one on to win this. Uh, but, look, Castletown, what a year it's been for them already. You know, Junior Championship of Mead, Leinster Junior Club, 
And, you know, they have, I mentioned Kevin Ross, their former mid player, could be one of their main forwards. Reen McConnell midfield, Adam Matthews, cornerback, who may well be one of the guys asked to pick up David Clifford. But what a challenge for these lads. Mm. You know, the best the best players in the country, uh, two of the best players in the country in David and Paddy Clifford, going out against them, pitting their wits against them. Yeah, they're going to be up against it, but it's a free hit for Castletown. It's very hard to back against Fossa, but what a day it's going to be for Castletown. They're going to bring a massive crowd. It's going to be a huge occasion. You have to go with Fossa, really, but... It's going to be a great day for Castletown and they've done themselves proud this year, whatever happens tomorrow. And I'd say a man formerly of this parish, Brian Curran, David, a good friend of ours, will be leading the cheering for Castletown tomorrow. We wish them well, we do indeed. And let's hope they do in the match here, of course, on LMFM Radio and online too. Now, let's turn to the county teams. The O'Burn Cup, it's an experimental competition for a lot of counties. Good start during the week. Me up against Leash tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, as you said, there like me a good a good start for me down in Carlo on Wednesday. They had a good a good win there. Poor Carlo, the first sorry. half, but got got the grips of it in the second half. And you know, I always think, Jerry, it's very difficult for for new players coming in in these competitions. They're probably very nervous because it's their first appearance, possibly for their county. They're in with a load of other lads who haven't been tried, so it's like it's very difficult to get any kind of cohesion. But me produced a good performance in the second half. Dermot Moriarty in particular stood out at full four, kicked some great points. Uh, there were also decent performances of Sean Raffley, Dahi McGowan, Derek Campion back in as well. So encouraging stuff from Colin O'Rourke. Again, as you said, it's early days and, and Carla were, were kind of faded out a bit in the second half. But you just want to get the win and that's what Colin O'Rourke got. Leash got a hammering against Longford. Really poor stuff from them. They were relegated to Division 4 in the league last year. Not going well for Billy Sheehan. Mead on home turf, you'd have to give them the vote of confidence. Loud going down to Kildare. Decent win against Westmead during the week. Jay Hughes uh, kicked six points, five from Pleas. They only got one point from play, though, was the only thing there. Kildare had a good win against Wexford. And their full forward line alone, Kildare got 115 between them. So that's going to be a tough one for Loud down in Newbridge. You'd have to go with, with Kildare to win that one, I'd imagine. But uh, but look, at as you said, early days and players just finding their feet. And it's all about the league in a few weeks' time. Just a quick word for Mead Hurlers. They've down in Dungani on Sunday at two o'clock in the Kill Cup. Yeah, that game was originally meant to be played in Boards Mill. So for anyone that's uh, planning ahead and along to that one, do note that it's been changed to Dungani. Yeah, a good win for me last night against uh, against Wicklow. Uh, you know, Sergio Bulfin in there. He was involved last year, but he's in as the main man this year, the manager. So, uh, you know, a lot of experiment experimentation again last night and more than with the footballers. So, uh, yeah, down coming to, to Dungani, it'll be a, st- a stiffer test, you'd imagine, than Wicklow. But again, it's just about getting legs, uh, getting lads' legs going and getting new players in and trying fellas out and trying to get that squad together. Um, it's going to be a tight one for them. Like, just give me the, the slight nod in that one to win. It's on LMFM Sunday Sport as well. But uh, as we said, it's it's all about just getting uh, getting the miles into the legs at this stage and trying to settle the team down for the league. Now on to soccer and it's FA Cup weekend across the water this weekend but before I talk about the Cup Arsenal are at Oxford the league leaders on Monday at 8 o'clock in the past this would certainly have been a banana skin for Arsenal and perhaps Arteta will play a much changed team I wouldn't be surprised if he does quick question can Arsenal win the league without a striker? Uh, I think they can but I think um, the, the pessimist in me when it comes to Arsenal Jerry, I, I do think City will overhaul them mm. but if they can stay look at if they can stay once they don't completely fall away it's going to be a huge improvement on what they did last year so I think you know the trajectory is going upwards if they won the league it'll be a massive bonus I still think they're up against it um, and I still think City will, will tip them but hopefully they can hold on in there and, and come second anyway you know Will they beat Oxford in the cup even with a changed team? They, they should do and um, for League of Ireland watchers Ed McGinty who was formerly um, 
with Sligo Rovers. He's the Oxford United goalkeeper. So unless Oxford have an experimental team, like they're 14th in League One. So you'd imagine they put out a strong team. We may well see Ed McGinty uh, between the posts against Arsenal on Monday night. Now let's run through a couple of the other big games and it, they're all involving. There's quite a few games, interestingly, pit uh, Premier League teams against other Premier League teams. And just an award for them all without going into detail, Man United mm. to beat Everton tonight. Lampard's in trouble at Everton, isn't he? He absolutely is. I mean, I know a lot of the fans' anger is directed above Lampard and the way the club's been run, but he's certainly under pressure. Uh, United surely to win that one, yeah. West Ham. Moyes under pressure at West Ham, whether you like to say it or not. they got a point at Leeds. They're at Brentford and Brentford are flying. Yeah, they are. It's a bit of a sticky one for West Ham because they could probably do with a bit of a cup run. But at the same time, I can I can imagine they'll probably rest a lot of players to focus on that potential relegation scrap. So I'm going to give Brentford the nod in that one at home, yeah. Louise does as well because Louise loves Brentford now. Do you know little that Brentford is our Louise's team because of their away short? Do you know that short with all the little speckly colours on it? Ah, right. She's easily swayed. <laughs> it's our new team now. Anyway, you picked them to beat West Ham. Liverpool Wolves? Liverpool. Yeah, you'd have to say that as well, even though Van Dijk is out for a month. And a repeat of last night's game, Man City-Chelsea didn't do Arsenal any favours. They got the point, it would have been great. Man City at home to Chelsea in the Cup. Yeah, again, I mean, you'd, you'd say City ordinarily, but they'll probably put out a very changed team from the one that, that, that lined out last night. Chelsea, again, you know, like like West Ham, could do it a cup run. I'm going to give Chelsea the, the nod in that one. Oh, there you go. Pity that you didn't give them the nod last night and they did it from an <laughs> Arsenal point of view. But there you go. You can't organise everything. David, thank you so much. Always appreciate your company every Friday. Good luck with Sunday Sport for the year ahead. And thanks indeed for joining us. Thanks, Jerry. Speak soon. Take care of yourself. That's uh, David Sheen, our Sunday sports presenter, uh, looking ahead to a big weekend in sport. That's our lot on Late Lunch for the first week of 2023. I want to say a big, big thank you to all our guests who joined us during the week. To you, our listeners who are with us every day. We love your company. We really, really do. And to my producer, Louise Walsh, I always say we couldn't do this without her. Thanks a million, Louise. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Have a nice weekend. Take down the decorations and everything if you haven't done so already and say goodbye to the Christmas and New Year season for another year Maggie Maguire of course will tell me there's only what 51 weeks she'll tell me how many days there's to go to next Christmas oh my god she just loves Christmas that woman anyway whatever tickles your fancy have a nice weekend do come back and join us for late lunch on Monday from 1.30 we'll see you then Flexibility is great that's why there's yoga Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.